go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, a sermon entitled, a message entitled, No Turning Back. The the song I chose, I have decided to follow Jesus, fits right along with this message, and I'll tie it in at the end. But as we look at our society and our world today, the world is only getting worse, isn't it? And today, we need Christians that are willing to stand for Christ no matter the cost. They need to be willing to take a stand for Christ, that they're unashamed of the gospel of Christ, they're unashamed of the relationship with Christ, but they live bold lives for Christ. That's what our world needs today. They need Christians that stand up for Christ. I'd like to start off with this uh, I guess it's a saying. Um, the writer's anonymous. I don't know who said this. Uh, I tried to do, figure out who it was, but couldn't find anything on who wrote it. But this is a challenge to all of us. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, top, recognized, praised, regarded, or or rewarded. I now live by faith. Lean on his presence, walk by patience, live by prayer, and live and and labor by his power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, and my mission clear. I cannot be bought, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy of meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, be quiet, or let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no longer, he will have no problem recognizing me. That should be the goal of the Christian life. And a society that's only drifting farther and farther away from God every day. As the Bible tells us, the world will only wax worse and worse. And so it's important that believers take a bold stand for Christ. If you think the world is that bad now, it's only going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse until Christ returns. And that's the day we're to look forward to. When the, whole bio, when the whole world turned its back on God, there was one man who stood for God. There was one man who found grace in the eye of the Lord, eyes of the Lord. There was one man that was found to be just. There was one man that was, to, that was found to be perfect and to walk with God. 
That man was Noah. That man was Noah. Noah turned his back to the world and lived a devoted life to God when no one else in the entire world did. He was the only one. You know, we talk about the world getting worse and worse. Well, Noah lived it because the world was completely turned their, their back on God. Only Noah found grace in the eye of God, in the eyes of the Lord. Let's read together Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And it's important to know where God was thinking right before he found grace in the eyes, uh, right before uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the, of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for repenteth me that I have made them. Aren't you so happy that the, the story didn't end there? That humanity was just gone? And then we see in verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. What a testimony. What a testimony when no one else did. No one else believed in God. Noah did. Noah did. Today we're going to look at four points regarding regarding Noah's testimony. Noah is a great example of how we should all live, especially as the world waxes worse and worse. No matter the state of the world, we can walk with God just like Noah. If Noah could do it when no one else could, we can too. We can too. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the great day I've given us, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word, Lord. I pray that you just fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help me to share your words and not my own, Lord. I pray that we would be Christians that live boldly for you in a world that's only turning its back on you more and more. Help us to be bold Christians, Lord. Help us to live devoted lives for you, Lord. Thank you for being such a good God to us, and thank you for your word. Please be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first point for this evening is Noah found grace. Noah found grace. The only way to be saved from God's wrath is through God's grace. You know, Noah couldn't save himself. God was going to destroy the world, but God destroyed it to save Noah. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Noah was going to be saved because of God's grace. Because of God's grace. Grace is not God's reward for a good life. It's God's response to saving faith. 
It's God's response to saving faith. Hebrews 11, 6 and 7 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of which is by faith. By faith. True faith involves the entire being. It involves a mind understanding God's warning. It involves a heart uh, that fears for what is coming, and the will acts in obedience to God's word. And the will acts in obedience to God's word. The only way to be saved is by grace through faith is by grace through faith. You cannot be saved by any works. You cannot be saved by obeying the law or bringing a sacrifice. You have to believe in God. You have to believe in Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Obeying the law doesn't save you. But it does reveal your sin, doesn't it? It helps you understand you know, where you're doing wrong. But doing the law does not save you. In Romans chapter 4, verse 5, it says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. It is not by works. Your works don't save you. And Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. When they made those sacrifices a reminder of those sins that they needed forgiveness. And Jesus Christ made that sacrifice on the cross. Salvation is a gracious gift that can be rejected or received by faith. It's your decision. It's your decision. Let me ask you today, have you, have, have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Because that is the most important decision that you can make in your life. You know, we see here again that, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah couldn't save himself. But God could. And God saved Noah and his family. Because Noah believed in God. He had faith in God. Just like Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because of his faith, we need to do the same. If you haven't accepted again Christ as your personal Savior, you need to. And you need to do it today. You can't wait. 
Not, did, not only did we see that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but we also see that Noah was a just man. Noah was just. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Just by definition means acting or being in conformity with what is morally upright or good, righteous. Noah's righteousness didn't come as a result of his good works, but rather his works came as a result of his righteousness. Because of his relationship with Christ, that's why he was just. That's why he had the relationship he had with the world around him. In James chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, it says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. They could see, the world could see Noah's faith by his works. By his works. So much so, they thought Noah was crazy. Because when God told Noah to build an ark in the middle of land, when they've never heard of anything called rain, Noah, by faith, trusted God and did it. He did it. Our faith needs to have action behind it. As we saw in the first passage, uh, first point out of Noah's faith saved him, but also because of his faith, he was seen as a just man. He lived his faith. He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just talk about it. When Hudson Taylor was sailing to China to begin his missionary work, his ship was in great danger. The wind had died, and the current was carrying them close, and and the... Wind was carrying them toward sunken reefs, where they, uh, which were close to islands inhabited by cannibals. So close, so close, they could see them building fires on the shore. Everything they tried was to no avail. In his journal, Taylor recorded what happened next. The captain said to me, "Well, we have done everything that we can do." A thought occurred to me, and I replied, "No, there is one thing we have not done yet." What is that? The captain asked. Four of us on board are Christians. Let us each retire to his own cabin and in in agreed prayer ask the Lord to give us immediately a breeze. Taylor prayed briefly and and then, certain that the answer was coming, went up on the deck and asked the first officer to let down the sails. What would be, what would be the good of that? He answered roughly. I told him, We had been asking a wind from God, that it was coming immediately. Within minutes, the wind did begin to blow, and it carried them safely past the reefs. Taylor wrote, Thus God encouraged me, ere landing on China's shores, to bring every variety of need to him in prayer, and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give the help each emergency required. Knowing that our prayers touch the hearts of our loving Father in heaven and that he can meet any need, we should be confident that he will hear and answer when we cry out to him. And that was in Hudson Taylor's, uh, uh, the works of J. Hudson Taylor by Hudson Taylor. What an incredible testimony. Not only do we see Hudson Taylor praying, but he said, let the sails down, the wind's coming. That's faith. 
That's relying on God. That's trusting God. That's putting works behind your faith. I know if I pray to God, he will answer this prayer. Put those sails down. The wind is coming. And it did. And it did. When God asked Noah to build an ark in the middle of land, and we don't see, we don't see, what we don't see is Noah asking God any questions, do we? We never see Noah Noah saying, but God, what's rain? But God, what what are people going to think of me? But God, why? No, we see Noah, by faith, built the ark. He built the ark, never questioning God. He believed. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Exactly how God told him to build it, he built it. He didn't care what the world would think. He didn't care what other people would think. He did it. God asked, God asked us to do it, and we do, and we should not question him. We need to simply obey in our Christian life. Because there are times when God gives us direction and it's so easy for us in our life to start asking questions. God, why do you want me to do this? Why? Don't ask why. Just obey. And see how great God is through it. See how great God is through it. Not only was Noah just, but Noah was also perfect. Noah was also perfect. Sometimes in, in our youth ministry... You know, we talk about, you know, uh, unless somebody's perfect here in class, Abby always raised her hand. <laughs> she always says she's perfect. Uh, but here, what a testament of Noah that in the Bible here it says that Noah was perfect. This part of the verse speaks about Noah's testimony with the world around him. It speaks about his testimony to the world around him. Perfect. Perfect by definition means to be blameless or to be without spot. This does not mean that Noah did not sin. The only person to ever live a sinless life was Jesus Christ. In First, Second Corinthians 5.21 it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In First Peter 221 verse 22 says for even here unto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth Jesus Christ was the only perfect person Noah did sin but perfect here again is referring to his testimony amongst his peers his neighbors couldn't bring anything against him Because that's how Noah lived. He lived by the law. He lived by God's word. And he followed it. Noah Noah lived a life where none of his neighbors again could point out a fault in his life. I think of Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 to kind of describe Noah's life. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. That ye may be blameless. And harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. This was Noah's reputation to the crooked and perverse world. But he was blameless. That he 
he was blameless. That should be our goal, that the world cannot find any faults in our lives. Again, this does not mean we're not going to be sinless because we all sin. We all have that old nature we fight. But it does mean that we should desire to live a blameless life in this world. Noah did not just talk about his relationship with God. Again, this is going to just keep coming up again and again. He lived it. He lived his relationship with God, and it could be seen by everyone around him. They didn't have to ask Noah, hey, Noah, why are you so different? They knew Noah believed in God by his life. You know, a question that immediately kind of struck me as I was reading this passage is, where did Noah learn about the importance of living a just and blameless life when the worst of the world was so wicked. Because it wasn't the people around him, was it? Because the, the rest of the world was so bad that again, God was ready to destroy it all. So where did he learn this? Well, let's go to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. And we're going to read down to verse 29 here. It says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. And Methuselah lived in hundred and hundred and eighty and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech seven hundred eighty and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of the Methuselah were nine hundred sixty and nine years and he did. And Lamech lived in hundred eighty and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah. And he called his name Noah. This same shall comfort as concerning our works and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And this shows the importance of parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and instilling godly principles into your home. Because I'll tell you, watching your family member walk with God is something you pass on from generation to generation, don't you? I think that it went past that for Noah. When Noah heard that story, he purposed in his heart that I want to be like Enoch. I want to be like my great-grandfather. So parents, don't just rely on church to teach your kids God's word. Teach God's word in your home. Grandparents, Never miss out on an opportunity to share God's word with your grandkids. Great-grandparents, if there are any here, same thing. Take every opportunity you have to share God's word. Never miss out. Because that's the most important thing you can pass down to any child. It made the difference in Noah's life. When the entire world was wicked... Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation. That's the testament of Noah. And where did he learn it? 
was passed down by his parents, his dad, and his great-parents and great-grandparents. It's so important. You know, and this is this was such a challenge to me that you can't neglect sharing God's word with your kids. We need to do our responsibility because the world is waxing worse and worse, and we want our children to stand firm for God's word. No matter how bad the world gets, we want them to be bold for Christ. Parents and grandparents and great-grandparents teach God's word. That is the most important thing you can pass on to the next generation. It is no surprise that the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, and now we see in Genesis 6 that that was the same testimony of Noah's life. Which brings us to our last point. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Again, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God just as Enoch did before him as he saw, as we saw in the previous point. The first thing that hit my, like, that drew my attention was Noah walked. Noah walked. You think, why is this significant? Because Noah made a conscious choice that I'm going to live for Christ. Noah walked. He determined that he was going to live for Christ no matter the circumstances around him. He wanted to be like Enoch. He wanted to walk with God. We have to make the same decision in our life. No matter what we are taught, we still have the decision to make, don't we? Don't we? Will you decide? Will you purpose in your heart to walk with God? Just like Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, Noah purposed to walk with God in his life. And we should do the same, to purpose to walk with God. Your walk with God is up to you. As a previous boss once told me, if something is truly important to you, you will make the time to do it. That's the reality of life. If, it's, if something is truly important to you, you'll make time to do it. You know what? If, if Alabama football is important to you, it is me. You know, I make time to watch the game. If the balls are important to you, you watch the game, right? Because it's, it's important to you. It's a priority to you. Sometimes we even schedule our day around the game, don't we? But how much time do we take scheduling our day around God's word first? Because it's so easy for us to schedule our lives around things that aren't important. And then we move our devotions out of the way. Or we move our prayer time out of the way. Or we we move our time to maybe even fellowship with fellow believers out of the way. Because other things take priority. But the reality of life is nothing should take priority with God over God. And that's what Noah understood. Noah understood the priority of my life is God. That's going to take precedence over anything else. If God tells me to build a boat in the middle of nowhere, I'm going to do it. Even if I don't know why. But I trust God. I believe God. 
And because of Noah's faith and trust in God without asking any questions, he saved his whole family and the human race. <laughs> because of one decision, just to, because Noah believed in God. That is the kind of faith we need to have in our life. That, that our relationship with God is the priority. Everything else moves around our relationship with God. And that's what walking with God looks like. God is the priority in your life. Noah fully trusted God and allowed him to direct his path. Though Noah had to do something completely unheard of, build a giant boat in the middle of dry land, he trusted and he did it. Think of all the people that ridiculed Noah and his family. Think of all the people that laughed at him and called him crazy. Think about the headlines of every paper, if they had them back then, of what they said. Crazy man builds ark in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> or boat builds boat in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> Noah didn't care. He didn't care what people thought. He didn't care what the world thought. His priority was pleasing his Savior. Noah lived a life in communion with God. Matthew Henry said this about Noah's life. He lived a life of communion with God. It was his constant care. It was his constant care to conform himself to the will of God, to please him and to and to approve himself of him. No, God looks down upon those with an eye of favor who sincerely look up to him with an eye of faith. Noah's testimony testimony should be the goal of every Christian. I wanted to be said of my life that I walked with God. What a testimony for anybody at their funeral one day is that person walked with God. That should be the goal of every Christian. Noah's great-grandfather Enoch walked with God and Noah prioritized the same for his life. And we see Noah walked with God. That's what was important to him above anything else. So in conclusion today, Noah committed his life to God when no one else did. When no one else did, he stood up. It is, easy, it is so easy to be religious when religion is popular, isn't it? It is so easy, right? Every, you know, we live in the South. Everyone here is a Baptist, right? It makes it easy. Hey, I'm a Baptist too, right? It makes it easy. But what about when nobody else around you, nobody, nobody has a relationship with Christ? And so much so, it's not that they don't have a relationship with Christ, it's that they've chosen to turn their back to God. They've chosen to live a life in the world. And that's when we as Christians need to take the same stand that Noah took. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Our world is getting worse and worse, and what we need today are Christians that will stand boldly for Christ, just as Noah did. Again, I just mentioned the song. I think of the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. The first verse says, I have decided to follow Jesus. The second verse says, the world behind me, the cross before me. 
the third verse says, though none go with me, I still will follow. And then the fourth verse says, will you decide now to follow Jesus? And the chorus ends, no turning back. No turning back. Let's be Christians that we don't turn back. We live our life committed to Christ no matter what this world is turning into. That should be the goal of every believer. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for, for, this, for Noah's life to be a, a, a testimony for us, Lord. Help us to look at Noah's life and help that to be the goal of our lives, to live like Noah did, to walk with God, Lord, to find, to find grace in your eyes, Lord. Help us to live boldly for you. Help us to live lives committed to you in everything we do, Lord. Thank you for Noah, Lord. I pray that you just be with us and help us to live for your honor and your glory in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.